everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. We are officially a podcast now. Welcome. Well, almost officially, but we at least have our SoundCloud up, and that's uh, soundcloud.com slash A-A-W-G-T-S. I'm getting used to it, but we abbreviated Asian and white guy talk sports. And we are here today with Paul and Amanda. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> whoa, whoa. We are all present and accounted for. <laughs> My hand chunk. Oh. <laughs> okay, so how how was your weekend? Was it was it dandy do? Dandyish dandy dandy. <laughs> Dandiest of dandies. So dandy. Very Just wow. use the dandy word over and over again until Everyone gets really uncomfortable. And then like, I didn't think I out. didn't like the word dandy until you used it like nine times. And now I realized I hate the word dandy. <laughs> Damn you, dandy. <laughs> <laughs> Curses. <laughs> That's awesome. Anywho, so, okay, so I have a few uh, points that I thought were interesting, as I always do. Um, and let's talk about the Premier League and the matches that happen this weekend. Which I'm starting to really love Saturday and Sundays again because it's just like, I, I like the NFL like when that's on and I'm like, Sundays, I'm just going to dedicate it to football. But I mean, that's how it is again for me as well. And I like putting all my attention onto one sport instead of various because then you start losing what you miss because you are focusing on everything instead of one thing. Unless you're me and you have no life and the only thing you do is watch sports and animal documentaries. <laughs> While doing schoolwork. Oh, and Top Gear. I do watch Top Gear. (laughs) But that that gives me my my daily dose of, like, rally car racing (laughs) and Formula One and stuff like that. So, though I do watch Formula One. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad thing because annual documentaries are great and Top Gear is hilarious. Oh, it is funny. You you win. And sports, we wouldn't be here if we wouldn't watch it. Anyways. Yes. So, first match, which was... West Ham Arsenal? Yes, sir. Let's talk about that. What a great match. I I was very upset. (laughs) Gee, I wonder why. (laughs) I mean, one, Andy Carroll brought his game with those three goals, which were great. His pace and... How hard he hit his shots in was great. I won't I won't lie, but I feel like the first half Arsenal was in it. The second half Arsenal was not in it. And I was getting so mad at the defense, I wanted to throw everything across the room and I don't know, punch a lady baby. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Seems a little excessive. You really but are I mean, a gooner now. <laughs> but I mean, like, if just the, the mistakes that they were making in defense, I just like, really, why are you letting them all, uh, so many holes? That's what he said. <laughs> but it was just, it was so frustrating Set for pieces me. killed them. Mm-hmm. It really was a lot of the set pieces that, um, I mean, look, that's what set up, like, the corner, the free kick... I think it was like two out of three of Andy Carroll's goals were set up by set pieces. And Mm -hmm. it's been set piece defending that I think has has royally messed with Arsenal all season. And, I mean, look, you could say the same thing about Everton, too. Everton's been unable to defend set pieces all season either. But what are you going to do when when the meaty forehead of Andy Carroll comes against a ball? And and all them braids, girl. And he's just (laughs) taller than everybody. Yeah. 
He so. was on the ground a few times, too. I I know I joke about that all the time, but it just makes me laugh because it's just like he. It, you turn around, and it's like, what What are you doing on the ground again, Andy? Like, what's going on here? Taking a nap. It's okay. <laughs> and, and, you know, like, did he always have those braids this whole, like, season? Yeah. No. I don't know. Whenever I look at it, okay, so I don't know if a lot of you can relate, but when you have your hair up in, like, braids or whatever, because I, I had... And like it starts to itch, you do that like that oh, the pat, pat on your on the head, side of the head, and I'm yep. like, I wonder if he does that. Yep. Or like, girl, my braids, my braids are itchy. I think there's a whole lot of things <laughs> going on for him that he's not necessarily paying attention to his braid. <laughs> I know, or his various braids. His various braids. He did. He had like the the Princess Leia like around the back <laughs> look. But I mean, it. Kept but he his had a ponytail up. with it. Yeah. As well, because he is just that person. Yes, definitely. I don't know, but his the second goal, the header, that that was great. I was can't filthy. Even. Yeah. Filthy. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, big grudged clap. <laughs> but I was happy about the three goals mm-hmm. that we had. The first two, you know, the Arsenal was there. And Alexis, uh, all them thighs. I can't. <laughs> What with the th- with the with the one pants leg up? I'm fine with that. <laughs> it's okay with me. Do do what you. I don't do. feel bad about that because I do have remarkably good looking legs. So. Um, I I guess I don't. Guess I just as as your cousin, I just don't look at your legs. That's fine. But they're look, not they're majestic. <laughs> but I will give you in all their furry glory. <laughs> I'm very hairy. Um. So. The fur is real, <laughs> including on my legs. Yeah, I've just never, I don't know, I've never, like, looked, looked at, well, on a, like, an Alexis standpoint of, like, oh. Hello, Sir Chilean. <laughs> oh, and that makes me laugh because it makes me think of the thing I th- sent the you Instagram last night. The Instagram picture. <sighs> but he has golden retrievers, and they're so cute and fluffy and so cute. They are cute. I, I, d- like, I liked that picture. It, I was saying, like, oh, so okay, cute. that that is adorable. I was like, now I can go to adorable. bed happy. <laughs> it's very cute. You can go to bed happy knowing that one of your favorite footballers cuddles his dog. Oh, I love <laughs> it. It's so fluffy. Shout out to Alexis. You're the man, dude. You really are the man. Even if you play for Arsenal, you're really See? fun to watch. Real, real, real talk. Real. <laughs> real talk. Okay, so the the next one I wanted to talk about was Manchester United versus Tottenham, which grumble, 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 Spurs, but. I, I I won't lie, it was a good game. Grumble all you want. <laughs> yeah. Those goals were incredible. Harry Kane was was doing great. Tottenham's been doing that all season. Like this is where they're supposed to to not succeed is at the end of the season mm-hmm. when they're all supposed to be tired. Mm-hmm. But they're still Pochettino has such a fitness regimen for his players. They're all so fit right now, mm-hmm. and they're just they keep scoring goals. Over and over and over again. And they keep scoring goals like that. Yeah, it wasn't like they were like, all right, all right, now we're just going to like chill the, the second half. It, it Just like the Arsenal-West Ham, it was like a great pace. I just feel like Manchester United's defense <laughs> was blind. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> but Shout I was out getting... to Daily Blinn! <laughs> but I was getting so frustrated with him. Their defense was leaving so many holes, but then you look on the other side and you look at the Spurs, 
and they were just covering so great. Mm. They didn't give Manchester United any real chance to get in because they were covering so well. And there wasn't any of their like main strikers in, you mm-hmm. know. It it wasn't how it normally is. Well, Man U is also trying to give an opportunity to their younger players because mm-hmm. like Memphis yeah, but Memphis has, has not really panned out this season like he was supposed to. Like when he got in a fight with Walker, which I was like, Walker would wreck him. Just with that small altercation, I'm I was a, like... I'm afraid oh. of... Like, Walker would be the person I would be afraid to run into in a dark alley. That's what I was thinking. Because he would shank you. Yeah, like he... a North London shanking. <laughs> just a, a proper North London shanking. I, I was just <laughs> We're like, We're Walker's team now. <laughs> The sending off really negatively affected Man U because up until that point, I think they had been defending better yeah, and their defenders had been covering more ground. And just with how well Tottenham's been attacking and counterattacking this season, you can't have a man down advantage against that, that offense and against those strikers and against the pace of play and the creativity of Deli Alley and yeah. obviously Harry Kane and just that whole midfield section. Yeah. That's just so good at creating goals. It it just hurts. <laughs> hurts if you're a Man U fan. I don't particularly care, but obviously that's because Chelsea has been eliminated from anything useful since like <laughs> two weeks ago. And we lost to uh, Swansea, which we're not going to talk about today. No, we don't have to. It's fine. I don't want to put Goofy salt in Sigurdsson. <laughs> good for you, Icelandic man. So that was Spurs' first win after 19-plus-ish years, they were saying. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) A lot of people the past two or three seasons have been breaking records against Manchester United. First time they've ever won at Old Trafford. First time Mm -hmm. that they'd ever done this or that. I mean, it's impressive, I guess. Just a weird season, man. It's an incredibly weird season. But I also think that that's just where the money is starting to kick in for the medium-sized clubs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Which think, I appreciate. Oh, I, I absolutely be, do. You know, it shouldn't always be the big clubs. It's nice to see um, Leicester up. And the, the one thing I was reading is that Leicester City has climbed 20 spots to first within 12 months. And that is impressive. And just stay up there. Stay at least top three during that time. They, with... The next match that we're going to talk about, they qualified officially for the Champions League with the win 2-0 at Southampton. So, congratulations to uh, Leicester City. Oh who, my goodness. For the first time ever is going into the Champions League. I can't wait to see that, dude. I just want to see Jamie Vardy boat beers on the boat, on the train, on the plane, on the coach, <laughs> playing against like Messi. Oh my goodness! I, I'm that's just so happy be really for funny. them. It's so exciting for the Foxes. Um, really exciting for everybody from the city of Leicestershire. It's yeah. just really cool. It's really cool, and it gives hope to all of the people that are fans of teams that don't do as well that you can make something like that happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about the Premier League is even though other managers, <laughs> PSG. It's saying that the Premier League is just a league compared to, like, the French, which I disagree. I think that 
PSG is always going to be up there because they're a great team. But I feel like this shows that the Premier League, you can change. Anything can change. You don't need an oil sheik. Yeah. (laughs) My sheik versus your sheik. My sheik versus your sheik. (laughs) That's happening uh, tomorrow. Ooh. Well, it's just like... City PSG. Oh, champion. Is that tomorrow or is that Wednesday? I don't know. It's this week, though. Yes. That's very important. Uh, that's that's accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it's kind of like you don't always have have money to be at the top. Money, money, money. Such a huge deal, too. Just with, like, Chelsea, to just show, and I'm sorry, like, Chelsea is not top five, top ten. Hey, they hey, bring, hey, hey. Sorry. We're, we're in tenth. Sorry. I will have you know. Oh, sorry. We're on the top half of the table. <laughs> But, you know, you would think, like, with the amount of money and the amount of um, money that they pay players and who the players are, you would think, oh, shouldn't y'all be top five at least? But, I don't know. I think that's what I also appreciate about the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Next. Um, so, I'm going to rant for a little bit. And it's about... Right. And so, I'm sorry about this. And to all who may be offended, but my cousin, you, you get this. Major League Soccer. I am quite a... I'm, I'm upset because yesterday was a triple header and I really, really wanted to watch New York City FC versus Chicago Fire. And I was like, okay, well, they said I could watch these things on ESPN. I go on ESPN. Oh, wait, no, you can't watch any of them. I go on MLS on, on our Apple TV and no, it's blacked out. And I'm like, why well, I just want to watch these and I think it just frustrates me because I can see all these other clubs and all these other leagues but I can't watch it as easy with MLS and I want to get into it but it's it's become a lot difficult for me I guess to say compared to like the British or uh, the Spanish or even I don't know I, I can watch the Mexican league easier than I can MLS and it just frustrates me a lot <laughs> and I just can't even and I yelled at MLS and ESPN yesterday because I was just like I just want to watch these I just want to support the U.S. soccer but I can't even do that it's maddening done <laughs> can, I, can I give you a rebuttal yes okay so I understand of course the, buzzer I understand the frustration and you're not the first person that's talked to me about this. I've talked to a bunch of people. Because I in... really want to get into it. I want to start supporting mm-hmm. my, like, national clubs. Well, this is a conversation I've had with the American Outlaws. Ooh! So, um, for those of you who don't know, the U.S. fan club for the U.S. men's and women's national team is called the American Outlaws. Uh, I'm a member of much the Rochester re- chapter. Much respect. Much respect. Uh, it's a great, great group to be a part of. So I've had this discussion with some of them because some of them don't actually follow MLS. A lot of them just follow the Premier League or the Bundesliga or which is really interesting to to think about because if you go over to England, they would never say I don't follow any clubs there. I just follow internet. It that's just would be weird. But it's a I wouldn't say normal thing because a lot more people are watching MLS now. But it's still it's interesting. It's still relatively normal over here but that's also because for a lot of the mls teams it's domestic success is tied to putting fans in the seats not Mm -hmm. necessarily to putting viewers on tv and a lot of their tv deals are tied to local stations so 
A good example is you trying to watch NYCFC. ESPN and even Major League Soccer don't have first choice on blackout rights to NYCFC. The reason is because the (laughs) Yankees are part owner of NYCFC. They have Yes Network, the Yankee Entertainment Sports Network, and they have first rights to broadcast NYCFC matches Mm -hmm. on that network. So if you're within the greater New York State New England, Atlantic area, you have to watch it on Yes Network. You can't watch it on MLS Live or on ESPN or on any of the other providers because Yes has blacked it out in those areas so that you have to watch it on their network. Well, not not even that because I wanted to watch the Seattle game. Couldn't do that either. Yeah, well that also, that gets into like other TV rights things. See, this is why, this is the whole thing we learned with international sport management, that with some of the classes I took is stupid TV rights, and I just can't even. But I get it, because you're going to do what the companies tell you you're going to do, because mm-hmm. they're paying you money. Exactly, and that's the thing, like, like the best option for MLS clubs right now is to sacrifice viewership in certain areas, mm-hmm. because you need the money from those networks, mm-hmm. and the money from those networks is paying you to get better players, and to infrastructure like create infrastructure in your stadiums and mm-hmm. within your club well yeah and because to fill... yeah if it's blacked out you're gonna go to it rather exactly than stay that's home. the point it's not a perfect system and i will admit plenty of times getting frustrated about it uh as a person that really has followed the seattle sounders since they came into the league it is frustrating sometimes because because you're on the other side i'm of on the, the other side of the, the continent so i can't <laughs> go to a seattle sounders match the closest i could go to see them is if they maybe go play Toronto and they only do that maybe twice a year it's hard for me to watch them sometimes because they're not playing in my market to be fair it's easier for me to watch Seattle and Portland because a lot of times ESPN or Fox Sports will will pick that up because of because of the big brand as well that Mm -hmm. Seattle's kind of one of the really big teams in America with big star power like Clint Dempsey and love him (laughs) Just so, like, they know that they will get people watching that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times ESPN will pick up those matches or Fox Sports will pick up those matches Mm -hmm. so that they can broadcast them and have the larger viewership as a whole. MLS does have a subscription service called MLS Live. I subscribe to that. But it's like, if you're a casual But as a cat, I understand as a casual fan... That's not necessarily something you want to get into. If you're a person where you're like, I really want to get into MLS, it's perfect because it runs for the whole year. You can watch matches on demand. You can record matches. You can watch like a bunch of them, different ones live on your computer screen and everything. You can watch them on your mobile device and stuff like that. It's a really cool service for me as a person that does not very seriously watches MLS. But I can understand the frustration of someone trying to get into it or a casual viewer. I mean, you're putting like $80 for a season. What happens if you don't want to pay that? I don't know. I don't pay that much. (laughs) Don't tell anybody. I'm grandfathered in. (laughs) But then that shows that if I'm a new viewer that I have to pay $80. Exactly. It's more expensive for newer viewers because they upped the price of it because the TV rights went up. Mm -hmm. So it makes it less profitable for MLS Live to run the matches because they have to compete with the TV markets that are paying them money to air the games live. It's, It's hard and it's... It's the struggle that a lot of other networks face. I mean, look at Fox Sports. Yeah. They bought the rights for the Bundesliga. Fox Sports won 
and two run Bundesliga matches whenever they happen. And then Fox runs one a week, normally on Saturday or Sunday. They run the big one. Yesterday they ran the uh, Dortmund, the Dortmund Schalke derby, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. I didn't even know that. Mm hmm. That they had that. It ended 2-2. Good on you, Dortmund. But Bayern won again, and we're not catching up to them fast enough. So well, don't they I'll take second. <laughs> I'll take second. Especially um, considering how good we've been playing this season. Well, I mean, the whole TV rights thing, that makes me go into the NFL with them streaming Thursdays on Twitter, which is very interesting. <laughs> and then that opens up the market for others who might not have, like ESPN or... Which is still weird to me, but there are people out there, not saying that I am special because I uh, get help from my grandparents and my cousin and with their subscriptions, but you know, it's just like, it allows others to, to watch it and even around the world, which I think opens up their market even more. And it's There's going to come a point where everyone keeps saying that the NFL is cornering the market and they're like winning the battle of the offseason and everything like that because they just make news come out all the time. Mm -hmm. There's going to come a point where the market's saturated with NFL news and people start to get tired of it. Oh, yeah. We're not there yet. It's going to happen because specifically with what we do like right now, we have an incredibly short attention span in America. Squirrel? (laughs) <laughs> yes yes well i i think that you're a more of an extreme case than i know others, but... i'm i'm pretty sure it's weird that i'm not diagnosed i'm just saying it's okay but <laughs> we have an incredibly short attention span so the fact that the nfl keeps trying to always be in the news always push into new markets and everything like that it's a good business model but it's also so aggressive that there's going to come a point where people are like no i i'll just watch my soccer and my basketball or i'll watch my baseball and my hockey or i'll just watch you know like if i mean if they're trying to push into like chinese markets they're like i'll just watch cricket and which i'm not even going to start about hurling the nfl going to china for a game so dumb but it Sorry, no, I, okay. I digress. It's, in, it's insanity. <laughs> it, because for for any professional athlete, just training all week, but then on top of that, just traveling internationally, and we're not even going over to Mexico. Yeah, it, or it's not even England. Close, close. We're going to China, and it's just like on a normal person, you need at least a day or so to recover. So if you're supposed to go there. Play at your your top at 100%. This is just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. You're going to be so burned out. It's going to suck. It's just stupid. But whatever. That's just me. I'm not looking me. forward to that. I will watch the uh, Texans play in Mexico City. I will, I will that's, watch that. that's going to be fun. Plus, I want to see J.J. Watt there just because I feel it's going to be hilarious. I just love the people of Mexico. Shout out to Latin America. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely love you. You're beautiful. Your people are beautiful. They're so friendly. I'm really excited to watch a game in Mexico City because I know that the people are just going to get into the spirit of it. They're going to enjoy it. What? It's going to be really cool. I to feel like Mexico see. in general is is very passionate with sports. Oh, absolutely. So I feel like it, it really will catch on quickly there. But China, and no. <laughs> it's not. No. no. All right. <laughs> and done with that. So you said you wanted to talk about the Dortmund game? I I, I will. Okay. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> Schalke went to Dortmund yesterday for the Derby. For those of you who don't know, the, the cities of Schalke and Dortmund are not that far from each other. So there's a there's an intense rivalry between oh, the two. And shout out to Germany. You're a wonderful country. Oh, I love you. Your football teams are just something else. It's it's a beautiful country. The people are the nicest people in the they world. Are. The the guys are hella tall. Oh. I was just like, you know, in the <laughs> night of Roxbury where the guys go in and see like all those hot ladies and they're like, What's up? I was like, Sup, 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 sup. <laughs> Just because I don't know, and they're so polite, and they're such nice people. The I German love Germany. Beautiful. The German people are beautiful. Oh yes. So Schalke and Dortmund are two working class cities that I would argue they're primarily known for their football teams. So it's a huge deal for both of those cities. The derby is massive. They don't really like each other. If you're interested <laughs> in seeing more about that, there's a channel on YouTube called Copa Ninety that did a shout out to Copa Ninety. Shout out to Copa Ninety. Love they them. They did a a travel to the the Dortmund Schalke derby and they don't like each other at L- all. Listen Copa 90, we are available to go do that for you. Yeah. Just saying. If you want to <laughs> you want to send us international. Yeah, we will, we, we will go to rivalries I for will, you. I will friend everyone and I will buy everybody around. Actually, no, I can't say that, but I will drink a beer with you. For sure. And you know, I don't even like beer. Das Übergut. <laughs> um but it's a really intense rivalry. The people are really, really passionate about it. It's two unbelievable fan bases. Two teams that have had success, you know, going to Europe. Just the fan base with Dortmund, though. Like, if you go and see it, it it's phenomenal. Absolutely. And going to see Schalke with mm-hmm. those people in that city, just the support that both of those teams get. I mean, when you go around, it's, it's all about that during the season. All anyone talks about is Schalke and Dortmund. I, I love just the German soccer fan base. When I was doing my master's dissertation, presentation, whatever thing that I had to do, I went to Cologne, which is one of my favorite cities, and their fan base, they weren't even in the Bundesliga. They were in Bundesliga 2 that year. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was like sold out. So passionate. The first few where they were singing the anthem, the mm-hmm. like the club's anthem, it was amazing. Which I'll have to show you that video. I was just blown away by how passionate and like loyal these fans were. Absolutely. So it was an awesome atmosphere. Getting to watch the game, I'm really happy that Fox decided to pick it up and try to run with it and make it one of the big games of the day. It was really cool to get to watch it because I don't normally get to watch the Derby. So I'm really happy that Fox has picked up coverage of the Bundesliga so I can actually watch it. And it was an awesome game. It was really intense. It's always really intense. The Derby's always very intense. I guess I don't really know that one team played better than the other. I think a 2-2 draw, I guess, was the best option. I really like Dortmund, so I'd rather Dortmund win. But <laughs> real realistically, I think 2-2 was the right way for it to end. Mm. So, love love the Germans. You're beautiful. Oh, love you Germany. So beautiful. Okay, so let's talk about the Masters which ended yesterday and I know Ooh. you're itching to talk about this. Oh man. Um top 4. I was beyond shocked. <sighs> And I am super happy for Danny for winning it. The second Englishman to ever win it. Been a while. So Danny was eight years old since the last Englishman won, and that was Nick Faldo. Nick Faldo in 1996. And I was like, that is awesome. That's still, if you go back and watch footage of the last 
day of the Masters on 96, that's still one of the best Masters tournaments has ever been. And this one is going to go up there because I don't know what is more impressive. Willett's ability to be where he was and make the shots that he did. Uh, there's a couple of them on the back nine. So those of you who know about the Masters, on the back nine of the Masters, you go from no water hazards to four or five water hazards in the span of about six or seven holes. And the fact that Willett was able to hit the driving shots that he did to put him in position to get birdies on all those different holes, and the fact that is just as impressive that Jordan Spieth, who has been unstoppable on all the different tours, and especially on the majors, had the collapse at 11, 12, and 13 that he did. I mean, he bogeyed 11 and 12, and then 13, he was golfing like I do. Where <laughs> he was just, it was just three, hitting it into the water three times in a row. That's, that is a, that is a me move. I am not on par with, with Jordan. Well, didn't they say that he was struggling mentally through it and he had come early the one mm-hmm. day because he wanted to work on it? Yesterday he came in early because his swing coach came back. His swing coach was there, I believe, on Thursday. Friday and Saturday he was holding on to his lead, but he was not hitting his shots as well. So Sunday his swing coach came back and uh, worked with him in the morning before he started. And even even on the fir- on the front nine where he was hitting like the shots were going in and everything he wasn't hitting the ball as well as he needed to there was something something was off about his swing and I don't know what it was but the shots weren't being hit very well but they were all still landing in places where he could work with them and, mm-hmm. and they could go places I'm worried about his mental state honestly yeah. at well, this I point mean, but the game can change so quickly Absolutely. as as it was shown here mm-hmm. but I mean he's 22 so young which he's got more than enough opportunities. He's got to get plenty up there. of other shots to to win majors and win tournaments, but it's just it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to be leading that whole time and have the thought that you're leading and you're you're kind of chasing history with this wire to wire win again and you've been leading for as long as you had. I mean, I how many I don't remember how many rounds they said he had been leading until he fell behind Willett, but Actually, I think it was seven rounds. Yeah. Seven rounds total of the Masters because he led all of last year. And then this year, he had led up until hole 13 when Willett passed him. Well, I don't want to talk too much about Jordan because I feel like that's a lot of the coverage. And I also feel bad for him just because it's like this is what he's going to hear about for the next week or so. But let's talk about more of Danny because I've never heard of him before until he won. So... Little backstory: When I can't sleep, I like to turn on uh, the Golf Channel because it's relaxing to me. Coverage of golf is very relaxing. It's a comfortable sport for me to watch. And when it's two in the morning, uh, about <laughs> the only thing that's on on the Golf Channel is the European Tour. So I had seen Danny Willett playing in Dubai, in a lot of other locations in Europe. I knew he was a good player, so I had heard of him before, but I wasn't at all expecting him to be in the position he was. Which I never realized, and I read this, is that in 2008, he was named the number one ranked amateur golfer in the world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it's not like he just came out of the woodwork. No, and the funny thing about it is some people were kind of predicting him as a dark horse candidate to kind of maybe come from behind and and do really well in the Masters. I don't know that anyone was really expecting him to win. But (laughs) plenty of people were kind of thinking, okay, Willett has a shot because he he hits shots well. The the way that the Masters is set up, golf is kind of a game of understanding how how 
the the fairways work and then how greens work and your putting is going to come down in the end of it to how well you do at a lot of majors but specifically at the masters you have to know the speed of the greens you have to know where different bumps and contours are on the greens so that you can get in your best shot towards the hole his putting has been good enough I mean, he got second place in Dubai behind Rory. When you're in that kind of company, you know that you're a talented golfer. And like you said, in 08, he was named the number one world amateur. He's been around the periphery of like the hardcore golf fans' consciousness for a while. But a me would be like, who exactly. is this guy? <laughs> but this, he, this brings him into like the, the public eye as a whole. Because that's what the Masters does. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool for him. Oh, and also a shout out to Lee Westwood. Yeah, Lee Westwood. <laughs> Tying the uh, second place position with Jordan, that's that's impressive. England dominated. They did. England had a really good showing at the Masters this year, which is, you know, it's it's been a while. <laughs> so let's go into uh, the NFL. So I just have a few questions. I mean, a lot of news isn't going on just because it's the off season. Thank goodness. But <laughs> as you as you mentioned, but I think the saddest thing is the death of Will Smith, the retired Saints player. Rest in peace, Will Smith. And our condolences to his family and yep. his friends because that is just awful. It's really it's really sad. Not a whole lot else to say besides that. Exactly, and and we're praying. We're praying for your family, for your kids, especially for your wife who was hurt in the whole incident. And we love you. Kisses. Another thing is that uh, Johnny Manziel moved in with Von Miller. Yeah, <laughs> I want to move in with Von Miller. I feel like it would be totally organic. He would have this like random like little farm or garden and bath that he goes to and tends like off seasons. Like, well, I made you some like homegrown like beef stew, and I'd be like, whoa, thanks, Von Miller. <laughs> it would be weird. He would have. I feel like he would have the most awesome and strangest parties. Like, just weird people would show up at his parties. <laughs> he actually owns the bones of the elephant man. Like, you, we don't know. <laughs> like, and there's just, we don't know what really goes on. Riff Raff shows up at his parties. And then, like, Hillary Clinton, what? Hillary Clinton shows up at his parties. That would make no sense. Okay, so then, also, finding quarterbacks for some teams. Mm-hmm. The Broncos. Who do you think... We'll start off there. Oh, totally, Mark Sanchez. Uh, <laughs> no, um, if, I'm sorry, Mark, but I. Uh, if they can figure out, if they can figure out the whole money situation with Kaepernick, they would probably prefer Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you get Kaepernick, you're picking up Sanchez and Kaepernick, who are two of the of the guys that, if you've watched the NFL in the past three or four seasons, this past season Kaepernick was it. A couple seasons ago when Sanchez was on the Jets, it was Sanchez. Mm -hmm. Those are two guys that have looked the most shot for confidence out of almost any quarterback I've ever seen. Like, they just, they, every time they go out there, they look defeated. And that worries me to an extent. I feel like Cap can come back from it easier than Sanchez because Sanchez was so beaten down in New York by the Jets and by the fan base and by everybody just nationally looking at him and being like oh the butt fumble and all the other things that, <laughs> all the other things that happened yeah and it's just unfortunate for him because he was a really good quarterback at usc and he just won't start right <sighs> um, 
I, I just can't see him. They'll the give moment. him they'll give him the same opportunity that they give anybody else. That's mm-hmm. the reason they paid him backup money is to come in and compete for either the starting position or the backup position. And he's a good backup. Like he'll win you some games. Mm-hmm. So I mean, as proved in Philadelphia two years ago, when he had to come in behind Nick Foles, he won a bunch of games. I, I mean, was they gonna went say not last six. season. No, 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 no. <laughs> but they went ten and six last season. Mm-hmm. Not last season, the season before. You know, like, he can win you some games. You can go 500 with Sanchez as your quarterback, like, backing up whoever. It's just a question of if you put him in a, in a system with, like, Gary Kupiak's mentality and his coaching, can he be better than a backup? Well, that, and then it also makes me think of uh, Cleveland with RG3 coming in. I think RG3 is in a good position, actually. It makes me just nervous because he didn't play at all last season because he was injured, and then... Um, that wasn't why he didn't play last year. Oh, what was it? No, no, it was... Uh, they didn't want him to play. Why? Because they... So shady. Well, okay, but here's the thing. RG3, See, I didn't know RG3 that. RG3 has turned into kind of the, the joke draft. So... Uh. But I like you, RG3. No, I, I, I understand. I do, too. I loved watching him at Baylor. That was so much fun to watch him play at Baylor. And his first season in the NFL, as much as I don't like the Redskins, um, <laughs> it, was, it was really cool to see him play as well as he did this first season. The biggest problem was the, front, the front office. Well, it wasn't even that the front office really wanted Cousins to play. The coaching staff wanted Cousins to play over RG3 because Cousins is a more prototypical quarterback he's a pocket passer he has some scrambling ability but he's primarily a pocket passer rg3 his skill set requires a certain set of systems and rg3 didn't want to be in that kind of system he was the one who said i'm not going to run the system that i did my rookie year because i'm going to get hurt doing it so i'm going to be a traditional pocket passer that's not his skill set so i think if they can tailor the system around rg3 in Cleveland, he has the potential to have success. And the nice thing is, there's not a ton of pressure on RG3 to succeed in Cleveland because Cleveland has been so bad recently. I mean, specifically, like, they don't really have any receivers. They don't really have a ton of great offensive players. Well, that's good for us and the Bills. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't mind. But um, it's not... It's not a bad thing for him, I think, to be in Cleveland. I actually think it's pretty good for RG3 to be in Cleveland. Well, I mean, as a in looking at in a Bills I I don't want you to succeed, <laughs> but I do I do want you to because I do like him a yeah. lot. Well, I, I also I don't mind if the Browns succeed because at least we're not in the same division. Also, I just I understand the pain of that fan base. Mm-hmm. We know how you feel, Browns. <laughs> We've been out of the playoffs longer than you have, but we know how you feel. Struggle of a Bills fan. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so then now we're now I wanted to talk about uh, the NBA and talk about the Warriors. Congratulations to the Warriors. 72 wins. Mm-hmm. That is a huge deal. And they're 73rd on Wednesday against the Grizzlies. Potentially. Yes. You no, know they the, will. You know the Grizzlies <laughs> are going to try to play spoiler to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And, I mean, this is... Uh, they're tying against the 1995-1996 Bulls team, which was Scottie Pippen, Rodman, and Michael Jordan. And I was like... As oh. well as Steve Kerr. Yes. like Who played and is now coaching the Golden State Warriors. <sighs> that is an odd... That's a weird connection to think about, is mm-hmm. that Steve Kerr was the three-point specialist on the 95-96 Bulls, and now he's coaching the team that just tied their record. 
<laughs> the, the, I, I You're don't, so stoked. I, I am. It's so really, stoked. really exciting to see. And it's really cool to get to like have been a part of like watching that and mm-hmm. seeing the history and everything. It's just frustrating because I know that there are going to be dudes that are going to be like, ah, the 95. Like, if you listen to 90s players, they're like, the Bulls would sweep the Warriors. I think Isaiah Thomas had a better representation of it. Uh, they, they interviewed him and asked like, okay, we've asked a bunch of other players and they've been incredibly dismissive. And Isaiah Thomas was saying, look, this is a really good team. I mean, obviously the rules are very different, you know, Mm -hmm. like you can't hand check anymore. And the three point shot has become so integral, but he says at the same time, you know, like that's, that is doing like, it's not only are you, are you seeming really petty, but it, it's doing a disservice to how good the Warriors are playing yeah. this version of the game. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not saying that I think the Warriors would necessarily win against the 95-96 Bulls, but he says, I definitely think that it's so much less of a gap than a lot of other players are making it out to be. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously very frustrating because, you know, I, I got to watch the back end of Jordan's career with the Wizards and saw how good he still was. And I got to see, like, the early 2000s NBA basketball. And then uh, the version I'm seeing now... I personally like better, but again, you know, I grew up watching the transformation from the really big, like the the big centered league to the perimeter players. With just basketball, the retired athletes or just people from the past are saying, oh, well, they, that team was better back in the day. When I don't hear that very much with other sports. Because a lot of times for NBA players, I think that this is the issue. A lot of retired NBA players accidentally or on purpose pushing themselves back into the spotlight for the wrong reason and it's really it's really frustrating because like Oscar Robertson for example I was listening live to the episode of Mike and Mike where he went on Rosillo and Cannell were filling in and they asked them uh, they asked him about the Warriors and he was so dismissive of how good the Warriors are and it turned into a huge debate because it's like okay Everyone respects Oscar Robertson's Robertson's opinion. He's unbelievable. He was an unbelievable player back in the day. But you are making yourself seem so petty if you're comparing Steph Curry's shooting to some of the guys that were on your team that nobody remembers. He's like, Mm -hmm. well, we had a pretty good, you know, outside shooting specialist. It's like, no. No, (laughs) Steph Curry is the greatest, like, shooter that's ever lived. I'm sorry, just. Your face was priceless, and that's probably how everybody's face I'm, was I have a feeling, listening to that. I have a feeling that that's how Rosillo's face looked, because <laughs> listening to that episode, like, after Oscar gets off the phone, he's so frustrated, but he's also trying to, like, reel it back, because it's so hard. Because he's live, too. Exactly, but it's also so hard to go against the opinion of someone like Oscar Robertson, the big O, because mm-hmm. of just how much of a legendary name that is. But people forget about how good Oscar Robertson is. And so I feel like sometimes they say things to put themselves back in the public eye and people will go back and be like, oh, wow, Oscar Robertson was really good. I don't know. It- I, I'm super I'm super happy I get to watch this happen with the Warriors. I'm going to be watching on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We're, we're gonna Live tweet? Do, absolutely. We'll live tweet it. We'll talk about it. And by live tweet, I mean I will probably like reference really obscure things and compare them to what's going on in the game so we wouldn't ask it any less from you absolutely so the last two things i want to say i'm going to 
go by this quickly is that the Frozen Four, the winners was... Congratulations, North Dakota. Yes, the eighth national title for them. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, uh, RIT, I wish it was like before. They made the they made the field of 16 this year. They just lost to Quinnipiac, who was the number one who, overall seed, who made, with, the, who made the final. So yeah. that's nothing to slouch about. Mm-mm. And RIT has gotten hot when it's mattered. Good yes, for you, Tigers. Yes, RIT, I love Good you. Good for you, Tigers. Keep making the field of 16. Yes. Because you keep getting cracks at those teams. And, and the last bit that I want to talk about ice-related is curling and how Canada won 5-3 to three against Denmark. And they are now the curling champions of the world. And I was like... I, I was just like, I gotta tell Paul this because I know he would appreciate That's it. That's amazing. <laughs> Congratulations, Canada. Denmark's really good at curling. Relating to our last podcast, I do watch the Winter Olympics because I find winter sports really exciting. <laughs> so I do watch the Winter Olympics. So curling is something that I have watched before. Denmark's really good at curling. So good for Canada. Yeah, go back and listen to our other podcast where I get all hyped about the Olympics and Paul was unfazed that's episode two yeah <laughs> we want to end this out uh, Absolutely. we we want to make this a weekly thing we're going to try to upload monday or tuesday uh if you want to follow me or paul we'll shout out and let you know when a podcast will come out or what we're doing i think that would be the easiest thing to keep up to date with us but we want to make this a regular thing Absolutely. Definitely. but yeah thanks for listening Absolutely. and we'll see you later Bye. bye